0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Silver and Black Flashback with your host, author of the Raiders Encyclopedia, Rich Schmelter. All right, Raider Nation. Here we are at a Silver and Black Flashback milestone. This is our 20th episode together, and it is all thanks to the amazing host of this podcast, my man Murph. Thank you, my friend for all that you do to help me create this audio family album for the greatest fan base in all of sports, Raider Nation. Nearly one year ago, Murph interviewed me about my Raiders encyclopedia, and that was the start of what became Silver and Black Flashback. It is truly an honor to bring this show to Raiders Fan Radio and the listeners out there from all over the world. Thank you so much. So let's get started on this milestone episode of Silver and Black Flashback and cover one of the greatest moments in our beloved Raiders' incredible history and one that I remember watching in amazement on television as a teenager. And all these years later, I still get amazed just thinking about the Sea of Hands game, a divisional playoff contest between the Raiders and Miami Dolphins. In the 1970s, the National Football League had six divisions, And throughout most of that decade, there was a bully on every corner of them, just waiting to maul and conquer all those that dared to cross paths with them. In the National Football Conference, the Alpha Dogs were the Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings, and Los Angeles Rams. Over in the American Football Conference, it was the Miami Dolphins, Pittsburgh Steelers, and who else? Oh yeah, our badasses from the Silver and Black Empire. Of those six teams, the one bully that rose above all the others during the first half of the 1970s was the Miami Dolphins. Under head coach Don Shula, the Dolphins were led on the field by a brutal punishing running attack and just as brutal defensive unit. The Dolphins compile a 57-12-1 record from 1970 through 1974. Along the way to that very impressive record, the Dolphins won four division titles, three straight AFC championships, and back-to-back Super Bowl titles in 1972 and 1973. That 72 team also saw the Dolphins go undefeated. In 1974, Miami finished the regular season at 11-3 and was ranked near the top in most categories on both offense and defense. Their famed running attack, led by bruising fullback Larry Zonka, led the league in rushing attempts rushing touchdowns, and finished in fourth place in rushing yards gained. Seven players from that offense were selected to the Pro Bowl, and future Hall of Famers, center Jim Langer and guard Larry Little, finished with All-Pro honors. The defense was a force to be reckoned with, and three members from that fierce unit went to the Pro Bowl, and free safety Jake Scott earned All-Pro honors. In 1974, our Raiders were the toast of the entire National Football League, after dropping a one-point game to Buffalo on the opening week of the season, the Raiders won 12 of their remaining 13 games to finish with the best record in the league at 12-2. and They also clinched the AFC Western Division title by Week 10, which was the earliest they ever achieved that goal. Along the way to that dominance, the Raiders had all-pro performers in wide receiver Cliff Branch, offensive tackle Art Shell, guard Gene Upshaw, punter Ray Guy, and the leader, of the top point-producing offense in the National Football League, quarterback Ken Snake Stabler. In 1974, Stabler became the first Raider to be honored as the National Football League's most valuable player after guiding the top offensive attack in the league. He completed 178 of 310 pass attempts for 2,469 yards and a league-best 26 touchdowns. He finished the year with a 94.9 quarterback rating and was the league's most efficient passer, averaging a touchdown pass once in every 12 attempts. During the season, he threw 143 passes without an interception and threw for more than 200 yards seven times. In addition to earning all pro honors, Snake was the unanimous winner of the AFC Player of the Year Award, the NFL MVP, and winner of the Gorman Award, which is given to the player that best represents the pride and spirit of the Raiders. A showdown in the divisional round of the playoffs had the AFC's three-time champions going against the team with the best record. It appeared to be one for the ages, and it truly lived up to its hype. Four days before Christmas, the Miami Dolphins came out to Oakland for the AFC divisional playoff game to begin their quest for an unprecedented fourth straight AFC championship and third consecutive super bowl title what transpired over 60 minutes of football on saturday december 21st 1974 gave all who witnessed it whether in person or on television or on radio an early christmas gift with the temperature at 53 degrees the atmosphere in the Oakland Coliseum was electric and air-piercing, as 52,817 fans waved black pennants, and some of the females waved black bras in the air. Oh, geez, you gotta love it, folks. It was Raider Nation at its finest. Calling the game for millions of viewers were the NBC broadcasting team of the legendary Kurt Gowdy, Al DeRogatis, and Don Meredith. At 1.10 p.m. Pacific Coast time, the ball left the tee to open up this incredible game with the Oakland Coliseum just erupting with excitement. However, the Dolphins were focused on making history, and 15 seconds after the ball left the tee, the crowd fell silent as Nat Moore returned the opening kickoff 89 yards for a touchdown. The Raiders looked to even the score with their famed air attack, but Ken Stabler and the offense had trouble at first getting things going. The defense helped the cause by keeping Miami's powerful ground attack under control, and the score remained 7-0 at the end of the first quarter, but Oakland seemed to be getting ready to get their offensive scheme in gear. On the Raiders' second possession of the second quarter, Stabler started things off with a completion of 9 yards to Fred Balitnikov. Fullback Marv Hubbard powered his way for a gain of 5 yards between the tackles. The great offensive line of the Raiders was beginning to wear down the Dolphins at this point and Stabler took advantage of playing behind the league's best offensive line. He connected with Hubbard on a 9-yard pass and returned to the run with Clarence Davis going over left tackle for a 10-yard gain. Three plays later, Stabler decided to go for a touchdown. The swift running back, Charlie Smith, came out of the backfield and broke loose down the middle of the field, and with a linebacker covering him man for man, Smith was an easy winner in that foot race. Stabler threaded the needle with a perfect pass that Smith hauled in for a 31-yard touchdown. George Blanda nodded the game at 7-7 with the extra point kick, and the Coliseum once again was shaking off its foundation. The Dolphins were able to get their famed ground attack churning in the second quarter and utilized it to the fullest. Mixing things up with Larry Zonka, Jim Kick, and Benny Malone as the ball carriers, the world champs ate up enough Oakland real estate to allow Garrow Upremium the opportunity to attempt a close-range field goal. And with one minute and one second left in the first half, Upremium was good on a 33-yard kick, and the champions from the Sunshine State took a 10-7 advantage into the locker room after 30 minutes of play. Early in the third quarter, Stabler and Belitnikoff teamed up like so many times before throughout their playing days together. Snake connected with Belitnikoff for 20 yards and then went right back to him. The great receiver made a tremendous leaping catch along the right sideline close to the end zone. However, the official did not see it that way and ruled him out of bounds when he made the catch. After getting to the Miami 13-yard line, Stabler went to Belitnikoff once again on a sideline route. Miami defensive back Tim Foley was glued to Balitnikov, but it did not matter who was covering him or how close. Old number 25 reached up with one hand while shaking off Foley and brought the ball into his body for one of the greatest postseason catches of all time. This time, there was no doubt that Balitnikov was out of bounds and the official signaled a touchdown, and with Blanda's extra point kick, the Raiders were back on top by a 14-10 score. Miami came back to score on a Paul Warfield 16-yard reception from Bob Greasy to put the Dolphins back up by two points at 16-14, and the Dolphins were helped on this drive by a 29-yard pass interference call on third down. Bubba Smith got one of his big hands on premium's extra point try, and the Raiders went into the final 15 minutes down by two. The Dolphins were now looking to separate themselves from the Raiders and gained a little extra breathing room when Upremium kicked a 46-yard field goal to extend the Miami advantage to 19-14. The game clock now showed 4 minutes and 54 seconds remaining with the Raiders down by 5 and pinned deep in their territory at the 17. Stabler connected with Bolitnikoff for 11 yards and then unleashed Oakland's speed demon, Cliff Branch, into the secondary. Snake hit his all-pro receiver with a pass on the left side of the field down at the Miami 27 and Branch then fell to the ground. Reacting quickly, Branch realized that no Dolphin had touched him so he was still able to get up and run and that he did. The former sprinter with world-class speed sprung to his feet and ran the rest of the way to the end zone to complete a 72-yard scoring play. Blanda's extra point kick sailed through the uprights to give the Raiders a 21-19 lead with 4 minutes and 37 seconds left after an 83-yard drive ate up just a mere 17 seconds. Undaunted by the quick-hitting play and the frenzy within the confines of the Oakland Coliseum, Miami quarterback Bob Greasy brought the Dolphins back with 2 minutes and 8 seconds left. Greasy led the Dolphins deep into Oakland territory and then let running back Benny Malone do the rest. From the Oakland 23, Malone took Greasy's hand off, ran to the outside, shook off a few tackle attempts, and crossed the goal line to put Miami back on top once again. With the premiums conversion, the Dolphins were up 26-21 and looked to be closing in on their fourth straight trip to the AFC Championship game. Ron Smith returned the ensuing kickoff to the Oakland 32 with time not on the side of our Raiders. However, what our Raiders did have on their side was one of the calmest quarterbacks to ever take a snap in the NFL. Cool Kenny Stabler swaggered into the huddle after conferring with head coach John Madden during the two-minute warning and looked to give himself, the team, and all of Raider Nation something to cheer about during the holiday season. The only option for the Raiders was a touchdown. Nothing else would do. And so, Snake Stabler began on a quest to to get Oakland what they needed, and to make the trip back to Florida, an unpleasant one for the Miami Dolphins. With 68 yards of Oakland real estate in front of him and 11 fierce members of Miami's much acclaimed no-name defense standing in his way, Stabler dropped back to pass as the game clock started ticking down. All eyes were switching from the action on the field to the clock as Snake connected with tight end Bob Moore for a six-yard pickup. After a running play by Clarence Davis gained just one yard on second down, Stabler went to the air once again. He connected with Balitnikov, first for an 18-yard pickup and then for an additional 20 across the middle. 60 seconds were now all that was left. Stabler then connected with Branch on a quick hitting play that gained four yards. Frank Pitts then caught a pass for a first down on the Miami 14. At first, Pitts could not get a handle on the ball and juggled it before securing it while the Coliseum faithful held their collective breaths. After Clarence Davis ran behind the right side of his lineman for six yards, the Raiders called their final timeout. After discussing the situation on the sideline, while the heartbeat of Raider Nation was thumping off the charts, Stabler and the Raiders were faced with a first-in goal from the eight with just inside of 40 seconds left. The play called was supposed to go to Bob Moore, the tight end, who was lined up on the right side. At the snap of the ball, Stabler dropped back with Moore as his primary target, but he was locked down tight by linebacker Doug Swift, so Stabler had a look elsewhere. His two great wide receivers, Belintnikoff and Branch, were also well covered. And to make matters worse, Stabler's wall of protection began to give way to Miami's pass rush. Defensive end Vernon Herter was coming in fast on Stabler's blind side, But somehow, Snake sensed the pressure and moved away from it. Den Herter grabbed a hold of Stabler's legs, and as the quarterback was clamped down on and falling to the ground, he threw into the end zone toward Clarence Davis, who was surrounded by nothing but the white jerseys of Miami defenders. Heading toward the ground fast, Stabler saw a black jersey in a sea of white ones and just let the ball go toward that lone black jersey. Stabler's pass had the makings of either something wonderful or tragic. Davis made sure that it was the first option that occurred by fighting for the ball against Miami defenders. At first, the wobbly pass hit the hand of linebacker Mike Colon and then deflected toward Davis's left shoulder. But Davis did not have possession of the ball just yet. Amazingly, a frontal hit by linebacker Charlie Babb came in fast and hard, now, usually, a hit like that would force the ball to pop out of a receiver's hands. But this time, the collision actually allowed the ball to lodge into Davis's arms as he wrestled it away from a pair of defenders before falling to the ground for a touchdown. The ironic thing about this play was that Clarence Davis was never known for his pass-catching abilities. Yet, his incredible effort forever earned this former USC Trojan Everlasting fame in what went down in history as the Sea of Hands game. Needless to say, the Oakland Coliseum was rocking off its foundations thanks to what just happened. Blanda's extra point kick gave the Raiders a 28-26 lead with 24 seconds remaining. On the second play following the ensuing kickoff, linebacker Phil Villapiano delivered the silver and black dagger through the Miami Dolphins when he intercepted a greasy pass on the Oakland 45. Marv Hubbard smashed into the line twice before time ran out, and the Raiders were one step closer to pro football's grandest stage with a 28-26 victory. Legendary announcer Kurt Gowdy had the opportunity to call many amazing events in sports. Yet, after witnessing this display he told the NBC viewing audience that they would never see a better game than this one. His broadcasting partner, Al DeRogatis, added that it was possibly the greatest football game he had ever seen. Fred Balitnikov had another great game in a career that produced many great games. He caught eight passes for 122 yards and a touchdown, while Cliff Branch added 84 yards on just three catches, with one of those going for a 72-yard touchdown. And the NFL's most valuable player, Ken Snake Stabler, lived up to that honor by connecting on 20 out of 30 pass attempts for 293 yards and four touchdowns. After the game, Phil Villapiano ran over to head coach John Madden and presented him with the game ball. Madden raised it high in the air while being mawed by players and fans. Madden got caught up in all the excitement after the game and said that when the two best teams in pro football play each other, great things happen. Years later, Madden said that he regretted saying that because all that he did was add fuel to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were the final hurdle to overcome in Oakland's march to the Super Bowl. Madden was caught up in the moment just after ending Miami's three-year dynasty, and he meant nothing negative about the Steelers. However, it did not come across that way clear across the country in Pittsburgh. At a team meeting the Tuesday before the Steelers' matchup with the Raiders in the AFC Championship game, Pittsburgh's head coach Chuck Noll used Madden's words to fire up his team. He simply said, without raising his voice, that the two best teams did not play in Oakland over the weekend because the best team in the NFL was sitting in that room with him. With that being said, the Steelers came out to Oakland and beat the Raiders 24-13 for the right to go to the Super Bowl. The Steelers then went on to win that Super Bowl 16-6 over the Minnesota Vikings in a dominant defensive showing. Still, even though our Raiders fell one game shy of returning to the Super Bowl after a seven-year absence, never let what happened in the Sea of Hands game be tarnished, but rather embraced as another incredible moment in the long history of great moments produced by our Raiders. And so, that ends our milestone 20th episode of Silver and Black Flashback. I will be taking a few weeks off for the holiday season, but will return in January and reach many, many more milestones. So many great stories lie ahead in future episodes, and I cannot wait to once again share them with you, the listeners from all over the world. And until we meet again in the new year, I want to wish each and every member of Raider Nation a very happy, healthy, and wonderful holiday season filled with peace, love, and joy with your family and friends. And also, just like we have closed out every episode and will on all those in the future, I proudly salute the greatest fan base in the world by saying, love you Raider Nation!